Are you ready for the latest Habs news, passionate debate, and in-depth analysis from hockey experts around the league? It's the most informative and interactive podcast about the Montreal Canadiens. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast, featured on allhabs.net, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. How's it going, Habs fans? Happy to be back once again for another episode of the Canadians Connection Podcast. My name is Joseph Whalen, and I'm joined, as always, by the Dustin Tokarski to my Peter Budai, Mr. Rick Stevens. How's it going, Rick? <laughs> I'm doing great. Uh, a lot of number 35s, uh, a yeah. lot of backup goalies <laughs> wore that number 35 for uh, the Montreal Canadiens. Got yeah, Charlie Lindgren yeah. and uh, uh, Al Montoya. Yeah. Mike McPhee. Yeah. Mike McPhee, though. <laughs> like, Mike McPhee was a player's player, you know? Yeah. And another player's player. Tomas Plakanich also wore 35. Oh, there you go. Uh, he briefly did. That's right. Yeah. Before changing to number 14. And uh, and then the number since that has been uh, reserved for backup goaltenders, the likes of which we've already mentioned, including a Dustin Tokarski, if, uh, who you remember just, what, five years ago this time, five years ago, around this time five years ago, was uh, replacing Carey Price, the injured Carey Price in the Eastern Conference Final over the backup goaltender at the time, who did not wear number 35 or number 30, but because, uh, you know, there's a tie in there. We have uh, Dustin Tokarski, uh, who, uh, who actually didn't, uh, didn't perform too poorly. Uh, made a couple nice, made a nice glove save on Marty St. Louis. Anyways, I'm going off track, but uh, <laughs> that's why we go with uh, Dustin Tokarski on this day. And Dustin Tokarski, uh, just to catch people up, was uh, played a pretty significant role um, with the. He got traded midseason, but he played a significant role with the Charlotte Checkers uh, mm-hmm. this season, uh, who were the best regular season team in the um, AHL. And um, they were uh, ousted, um, actually uh, swept um, by uh, the Toronto Marlies, who are, are on a roll. Uh, My goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And they, uh, yeah, it's another, it looks like another year could be of, uh, of a Marlies. Sorry, I, I, not, not swept. They're, they're, they're still in the, they lost the first game. Sorry, ah, uh, Charlotte. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Char- Charlotte uh, fans in Charlotte. Uh, <laughs> They've already um, had a rough go. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't, I don't mean to, to oust them before they need to, uh, they lost for the first game. Um, and, uh, uh, to the Toronto Marlies, who haven't lost yet in the in the uh, in the playoffs and are in the conference finals against Charlotte, um, yeah. but uh, Dustin Tokarski is uh, rumored to be heading to the SHL next year. So um, we'll uh, and and I guess we have all kinds of Habs news to talk. You know, it's a it's a crazy time of season. Um, it is the off season for the Montreal Canadiens, but there's just so much news. Uh, yeah. with the Stanley Cup playoffs, the Calder Cup playoffs, the Memorial Cup started last night, uh, the World Championships, uh, the NHL draft coming up. We've we got, we got all of that to talk about um, and, uh, and uh, some, some other things too. So this should be a good show. I think it will be. And I guess we'll get started with 
some other things, which, <laughs> um, I mean, I, I feel like we should have like a soundbite for the Nick Suzuki update of the week, because like, is that where we should start with this before we get into anything else? I feel like this might be the, the this has got to be uh, the, the top story if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, because this is, he's won the OHL championship. He and the Guelph Storm uh, won the OHL championship. He won the Wayne Gretzky Trophy for the MVP of the playoffs, which if you've listened to uh, to this podcast the past couple weeks, if you've been keeping tabs on Nick Suzuki and the Guelph Storm, might not come as a huge surprise because he has led the charge offensively. 42 points in 24 games in the OHL playoffs for Nick Suzuki. He tore it up. And uh, we mentioned last week Isaac Radcliffe as well. He had a great, uh, a great playoff, a great showing, and uh, those guys get going to, today. Uh, a little while after this podcast will wrap up, 3:30 Eastern, they'll be playing the uh, Rouen Noranda Huskies uh, and getting their tournament underway in, in Halifax. So uh, that's a game to watch if you're the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Montreal Canadiens fan. Well, that's right. If you haven't had a chance to watch uh, Nick Suzuki yet um, at 3.30 this afternoon on Sportsnet or TV Ospor, um, uh, the the winner of the, or the representative of the Q, um, the uh, the Huskies go against the Guelph Guelph Storm, the OHL uh, rep. Uh, Joel Teasdale, a a, a prospect for uh, the Montreal Canadiens playing for Noranda and uh, Nick Suzuki, of course, for uh, Guelph Storm. Um, last night, um, it was the um, uh, Prince Albert Raiders, the WHL uh, rep. They fell to the uh, Halifax Mooseheads, who are the host um, of this year's um, Memorial Cup, uh, and uh, Cole Fonstad for the Prince Albert Raiders. Um, another Habs prospect had uh, had one assist in in that game. Yeah, so it's going to be a tournament to watch for if you're a, if you're a Montreal Canadiens fan, not just for Nick Suzuki, but as you mentioned, uh, Joel Teasdale and uh, and Cole Fonstad as well. Um, three so, pro- uh, three Montreal Canadiens prospects, and there could be there could have been a fourth. Yeah, uh, with Cam Hillis playing for uh, Guelph, uh, unfortunately. Uh, he had surgery to repair a broken collarbone, and and he uh, he won't see action in the Memorial Cup. But uh, good representation uh, by Habs prospects in the CHL Memorial Cup. Absolutely, and Nick Suzuki putting up points for two, so <laughs> so he's he's <laughs> one to watch in in this tournament. Uh, see if he can follow up and, and carry on the momentum uh, that he is uh, he's currently riding after the OHL playoffs uh, wrapped up. Um, so I guess we'll move on uh, to a little bit of, of sad news, which was that, uh, that Doug Kinnear, uh, former team physician for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, unfortunately passed away at uh, 92 years old, uh, led a, uh, a long life and uh, pe- passed peacefully away. Um, but a guy that was in the background of a lot of the uh, great years for the Montreal Canadiens. So, uh, he's got some. He's, he had some stories. I'm, I'm willing to bet. <laughs> well, and and um, I guess to to most of us, uh, Doctor Mulder um, was the uh, 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 is the doctor that that we've known as yeah. as the team doctor, n- known as as the guy who 
um, has uh, uh, been associated in that role, but it was it was uh, David Mulder who apprenticed um, under uh, Douglas Kinnear. Uh, Douglas Kinnear was the C- Canadian's doctor between 1962 and 1999. Um, he headed the um, medical team, um, died at, at the age of 92, um, and so it's um, you know it, it's he was was uh for for a, a different generation the, the 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 fellow um that was uh that was most uh closely known as as the uh, as the Montreal Canadiens doctor and and um you know he he kind of was a um a one man band in in the time now where there's all kinds of special specialists and um and whatnot he um he kind of did it all and yeah. uh, in, in addition to his own um, uh, medical practice, and and uh, so he's uh, uh, missed fondly, um, yeah, and uh, uh, missed and and uh, and fondly thought of with respect to the Montreal Canadiens organization. Yeah, and and obviously send the uh, the condolences to his loved ones at this time. Uh, again, 92 years old, and, and as you mentioned, uh, team position uh, from 1962 to uh, 1999. So uh, a lot of Stanley Cup banners that uh, that he was there and around for. So um, yeah, we send our condolences to uh, to his loved ones. Um, and, and a little bit of, of lighter news as we make the uh, always difficult segue. Uh, we had a little bit of an update. If you remember a few weeks back, we talked about Carey Price's tattoo, his tattoo sleeve that he's been working on. And we got a little bit of a progress update with that as uh, we go with a little bit of a lighter news, which was, if you remember, there was a lot of people that, there were a lot of people that were freaking out because there was bears that were prominently featured and obviously making the link to the Boston Bruins, who we will talk about later today. But uh, there's been some additions made. There's there's now an eagle in the mix. I mean, if you want to have a look at it, you can go to Riley Hogan Tattoos on Instagram, and uh, it is it's looking really good. <laughs> and uh, it's um, it was it was the tattoo artist. I believe he's out of Calgary, uh, Riley yeah. uh, Hogan, who um, remarked on uh, well, there's there's a bear on on. Uh, as you said, one shoulder and the family and, and uh, that whole scene, the Eagle on the other uh, remarked at um, uh, how painful <laughs> this was for Carey Price and that um, he basically didn't flinch um, uh, <laughs> through the whole process. And, 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 you know, a tattoo artist r- remarking on, on um, his Carey's uh, focus uh, off the ice as well. Carrie Price, calm, cool, and collected as ever, even when getting uh, a tattoo sleeve, which, yeah, like, and in some of the areas where that would be, the needle would be headed, I can't, I, like, that is just, that is, that takes next level calmness to not freak out about that. So uh, I, I respect Carrie Price as ever uh, for his, uh, for his, his ability to stay calm under immense pressure. <laughs> um so I guess uh, with with all that said, um, and also uh, another thing to note, I mean we saw we talked about the fans that were mentioning the the Bears. Uh, does does 
does Eddie Balfour have a have a copyright on that uh, on that eagle? Does the, are we gonna are we gonna get any issues with that? I mean, that's that's another question. But uh, anyways, uh, it's it's looking it's looking fantastic. If you haven't seen it, it's on Instagram. As I mentioned, uh, Riley Hogan tattoos, uh, and Rick mentioned he's uh, working out of Calgary. Um, yeah, so we do have some more Habs-related news. You mentioned that there was uh, one uh, Dustin Tukarski who might be heading to uh, to uh, the SHL, but we do have some other players that are potentially leaving to play in Europe and other leagues as well. Yeah, and at these at this time, you get all kinds of player movement, um, yeah. and uh, and and uh, sometimes the the uh, uh, either the agent or or uh, the teams put the the information out there, and it's not it's not it's not as as easy to confirm uh, when it's coming out of Europe. But uh, we talked about uh, it looks like Dustin Tokarski is going to head to the SHL next year. It looks like Sven yeah. Andragetto, and this has been rumored for a while, is going to end up in uh, KHL. Of course, um, Montreal Canadiens prospect to make room for Charles Houdon. He was sent off to uh, Colorado. Uh, yeah. And uh, now it looks like he's uh, going to be playing in the KHL next year. And Antti Niemi, uh, who the Canadians uh, said, uh, who announced, uh, you know, right after the season ended, announced that, that Antti Niemi wouldn't be back. Uh, it looks like he's headed to uh, Joker it um, next season. Um, so a bit of, of, uh, and 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 non non Canadians related, but uh, uh, again in this movement to the the KHL, you have uh, uh, Craig McTavish uh, announcing yeah. <laughs> that uh, he's going to be heading up uh, Locomotive next year. So um, yeah, the, the what's deemed the 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 second best league in the world is uh, is attracting. Uh, former Canadians and and uh, and uh, NHL connected uh, uh, players and management. Yeah, and uh, that was I, I I saw the reaction to that on Twitter from the Edmonton Oilers side of things, and uh, they seemed a little bit uh, relieved that some of the former members that have led them to where they are are uh, are heading in a different direction. But uh, yes, they. Uh, you have the likes of Sven Andrighetto going to the KHL as well. And, uh, and as, as Amy Johnson mentioned a few weeks back, potentially Nikita Sherback as well. There's just a lot of movement that's happening this time of year. None of, none of it, you know, you, it's hard to uh, know if any of it is, you know, actually going to happen or not. We have to wait and see for that to be a hundred percent sure. But uh, as you mentioned, uh, just some uh, potential moves that could be happening um, in the near future. Um, so to, to finish off with the Habs related uh, news, you do have the World Hockey Championship that is underway. And we were going to mention uh, last week uh, Tomas Tatar and, and his goal against the uh, United States. Uh, but but he, he, he had another goal this, this week that, uh, well, it was a disallowed goal against another world power in Team Canada. And boy, oh boy. Did that not get received well in uh, in front of the home crowd in Slovakia, who uh, just were not uh, at all impressed with the the disallowed goal and and what led what happened afterwards? 
It was um, Canada versus uh, Slovakia. There was uh, goaltending wasn't <laughs> wasn't no. a strong suit of that game um, at both ends, and it went back and forth and back and forth. Uh, Thomas Tatar um, with the goal that was, uh, and 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 officiating is always a little uh, questionable yeah. um, uh, there, and and. Uh, in this case, um, it was a goalie interference call. They got the call right. Um, it, it, it definitely was goalie interference. Thomas Tatar uh, um, had the open side uh, because of the goalie interference. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's, um, uh, the, the tournament is in uh, Slovakia, Bratislava. And yeah. uh, they did not like what happened. And it didn't help that uh, then um, the team Canada got a power play very late in the third period. And Mark Stone and Mark Stone looked like he had taken much too much time um, to set the play up, but, (laughs) but um, you know, managed to score the winning goal with about a second and a half uh, left in that game. And the Slovakian fans were not happy and, uh, their equivalent of booing, which is whistling, they whistled through the entire uh, Canadian uh, national anthem. Of course, uh, in world play, the the winning team, the anthem of the winning team, is played after the game, and Slovakian yeah. fans uh, were, were were a little disrespectful. Well, and and to their credit, the the next the next game, uh, there was all kinds of banners saying, "I'm sorry, Canada." Um, yeah, you know, we shouldn't have done that. Uh, but, uh, that was, yeah, quite an emotional game. Yeah. And, and you mentioned how, how slowly that winning that game winning goal, the play that led up to it was, uh, to develop and, and it just watching it back. I could not for the life of me understand how all of that transpired before in just that short amount of time and, and a wrist shot as well, that just did not look like it was, uh, you know, and, and, you know, the goaltender, as you mentioned, it was not the, uh, the best night for the goaltenders, but that was a little bit of a, of a questionable goal. I would say it, it seemed like that was, that was really the only place that Mark Stone would be able to put the puck and uh, say what you want. I guess Mark Stone is one of the best shooters, one of the best scorers in the NHL and by extension the world. So uh, I guess I'll give the goaltender a pass on that one, but yeah, it was a, a very slow developing play, but uh, anyways, Canada got and out Mark, of there with the win. Mark Stone uh shooting was on display uh, uh today uh against Germany. Yeah. Germany uh previously undefeated in the tournament. Uh, Mark Stone with a hat trick, Anthony Manta with two and and uh the Canadians uh Team Canada with an 8-1 uh win over over Germany. Uh Slovakia just to catch you up on on uh, Thomas Tatar. He had two assists yesterday. Uh, yeah. As the Slovaks beat France six to three, um, and the other um, uh, Montreal Canadian who's participating in the tournament is David Sklenichka. Of course, uh, he had played in Laval uh, this past season, and he's uh, he's suiting up for the Czech Republic uh, in the tournament. Yeah, and you know you've got uh, it, it's just a loaded tournament, I suppose. I mean, there's there's a couple of Montreal Canadians in there. So as if you're watching the Memorial cup and, and all the young prospects there, I mean, you've got Tomas Tatar playing in the world hockey championship. And as Rick mentioned, a couple of other uh, others in the Canadians organization that, that are joining him over there as well. So 
it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how that on all unfolds. You have uh, Kirk Muller as well that's over there. So Kirk uh, Muller, uh, yeah, is an assistant coach to Alain Vigneault, who's the the Team Canada head coach. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, well represented at the the World Championships. Absolutely. So shall we shift gears and talk about the NHL playoffs before we uh, mm-hmm. get into the next segment and. The subject of that next segment will be the Boston Bruins. So let's just get this out of the way. Uh, They swept the Carolina Hurricanes, who, uh, in the words of Justin Williams, ate a couple of poop sandwiches in the Eastern Conference Final at the hands of the Boston Bruins, and uh, unfortunately uh, are heading home (laughs) for the summer. But uh, a great season for the Carolina Hurricanes. And and Rod Brindamore was one of the – he said – they they accomplished a lot this year. They got the support of uh, of, of the Carolina of the the fan base back, and that's a huge thing for them. So uh, all in all, a very successful year for the Carolina Hurricanes. Um, but the bigger story is coming out of the Western Conference Finals, where you had the very controversial Timo Meyer hand pass that led to the Eric Carlson game winner in Game Three. Uh, that series is tied up at twos now. Um, the uh, the uh, St. Louis Blues came back in Game Four, tied the series up, and that one looks like it's going to be a, a very back and forth series, which I suppose could only mean good things for the Boston Bruins if uh, if they want to get all the rest that they can. But uh, I suppose we don't really know what's the. Do you want to have all that rest, or do you want to be in a good rhythm? And uh, I suppose it might be a, a good opportunity to heal up, but uh, yes, the uh, the Timo Meyer hand pass was the subject of a, a lot of criticism after the after the game uh, ended. Well, what's a little ironic is that uh, during these playoffs, right from uh, the opening round, uh, watching uh, San Jose, and there's been a lot of attention. You know, there's a lot of attention. Um, on Thornton, there's a lot of attention on Thomas Hurdle, who's who's struggling a bit uh, in in this series, or at least his line is. Uh, but yeah. I've been I've been saying to my family, everybody around me who who watches uh, who's been watching San Jose, as I I've been saying, watch Timo Meyer, watch. I've been yeah. so impressed with him throughout these playoffs, and I keep saying, watch Timo Meyer. Well. Uh, uh, of the officials, nobody was watching Timo Meyer <laughs> in that game, and uh, yes, there was the the clearly it was it was a hand pass. Um, yeah. Now there's there's been all kinds of talk about uh, uh, whether video review should have been used, whether the video. Uh, of course, it's a we should say it's it it was a non-reviewable play. Uh, yeah. But but there's been discussion whether that should be changed, whether, whether um, video review should be expanded to um, to include those kinds of uh, situations. Uh, clearly, uh, you know, Saint Saint Louis was, was uh, <laughs> pretty, that was the, uh, the final result, and uh, and you know, I, I that's something maybe uh, for. Uh, a later episode, if we can talk about uh, video review, there's, uh, I know Dave Starman, who's a, um, a, a scout for the Montreal Canadiens uh, tweeted, he tweeted about the college rules and that uh, in the NCAA, that would have been a, a, a reviewable play. Or, uh, um, so um, 
and we know that certainly the AHL is the, you know, the testing center for, for rules yeah. in the, in the, the NHL. But um, so whether we're going to see a change in that, uh, whether we should or not, maybe that's something we can, uh, we can discuss again, but was very controversial uh, when it happened. And even though you can't go back and, uh, and change what happened, and I'm sure the St. Louis Blues fans are still, that's still in the back of their minds. I'm, I'm sure the NHL is, uh, is a, has a huge sigh of relief to knowing that it's tied up 2-2, and that didn't, uh, if it had to escalate to a point where it's San Jose up 3-1, then uh, that conversation might be a little bit more uh, negative coming out of St. Louis, uh, and, and uh, at least for now. They're, uh, they're appeased just a little bit and uh, and still uh, tied up in that series. So uh, that's a little bit of a, of a positive view if you're, uh, uh, if you're from the NHL, if you're working from the NHL's perspective. <laughs> um, yeah, so we mentioned uh, the Boston Bruins uh, beating out the Carolina Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, we're going to talk about the Boston Bruins a little bit in segment two. We're going to ask the toughest question of all, what if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup? <laughs> and we posed the question to you on Twitter, the question of the week on uh, Twitter, Facebook. Um, what do the Habs need to beat the Bruins in a future seven-game playoff series? So we'll get to the answers to the question of the week. We'll talk about the, the big question, which is what if the Boston Bruins win another Stanley Cup in uh, just a little bit? Uh, Rick, is there anything you'd like to uh, like to get a, to to put out there before we uh, move on? I'll just invite people um, to remind them first that this is a live podcast, live um, uh, on every Saturday at one Eastern, uh, and so you can call the studio if you have uh, your answer ready to the question <laughs> of the week. Um, you can call us at two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. The number is two one three nine four three thirty seven fifty four. We know that uh, a large number of our uh, listeners listen of on demand. Uh, so if uh, whenever you're listening to this, any day, twenty four hours a day, you can text us your answer. Uh, and our Rocket Sports text line is. 5853 rocket 5853 rocket very easy to remember so uh, we want to hear from you on social media uh, but you can also uh, text us and uh, we'll get to uh, your responses to that question in the third segment but up next um, we're gonna (laughs) ask a a question of ourselves I guess and that is yeah uh, oh no what if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup this this year it happened in 2011. It almost happened in 2013, and uh, it could happen in 2019. So we'll be discussing that right after a quick break. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. We are specifically interested in individuals who have education and or experience in the following areas. Sports writing, translation, editing, forum administration, social media administration, multimedia, graphic design, web development and user support, event planning, 
and sponsorship and marketing. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are located in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And we're back here on the Canadian Connection podcast. This is the time of the show where we ask the tough questions. We like to ask the tough questions. So we're going to have a conversation about the Boston Bruins potentially winning another Stanley Cup. It happened in 2011. It was so close to happening in 2013. And it went the other way for the Chicago Blackhawks. And we sit here in 2019 and the Boston Bruins are in the Stanley Cup final. So what if they win the thing? (laughs) That is a question that I imagine is on the minds of a lot of Montreal Canadiens fans. And, uh, And I think that it's important to ask and have this conversation because, Rick, what if they do win the Stanley Cup? What happens? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and, and, and it's funny because I think um, there's a couple of uh, generations of, of Habs fans that, uh, um, you know, I, I, I think where you are, where you sit depends on who you consider the, the Canadian's biggest rival. Yeah. Uh, for myself, and, 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 and um, you and I have talked about this, uh, the Boston Bruins are the, the most hated rival of the Montreal Canadiens. That's, um, that's just the way it is, uh, yeah. you know, I, I, when, when the, the Bruins were facing the Leafs, um, can those two teams considered the Habs biggest rivals? Um, you would ask me, you, you know, so where, who do you, who do you <laughs> cheer for here? And I said, well, um, you know, if the Bruins were playing the, the, the central red army team, um, I would I would be on the side of the Central Red Army team because there it's just I hate the Bruins. Um, yeah, and it's funny because um, uh, Jay Baruchel, uh, everybody yeah. knows who Jay Baruchel is a Montreal huge Habs fan, and and um, he um, you should pick up his book. It's it's uh, in fact we're going to have a, a book review on allhabs.net on all Habs hockey magazine, uh, Kate Rachel just went through our, our, um, just kind of our, uh, in-house historian and, and, uh, yeah. but she's going to do a book review on Jay Baruchel's new book. Um, and that'll be out in the next, uh, in the next couple of weeks. But, um, 
he just comes in the book. He comes out flat and says, I hate you towards the Bruins. I hate you. Uh, I'm a Habs fan uh, through and through, and I hate you Bruins. Um, and it's, it's, you know, it's deep, it's visceral. It's, um, yeah. and, um, it's just odd in that, you know, the, the, as Canadians fans, um, used to be able to, um, you know, you'd go after the Leafs because, uh, and Leafs fans because they hadn't won a cup since 1967. Um, for the, you know, uh, before they won uh, in in 2011, with respect to the Bruins, there was a 39 year year drought uh, where yeah. they hadn't won a Stanley Cup. Um, but as you said, uh, won the Cup in 2011, Cup finalists against the Blackhawks, uh, and everyone was a Blackhawk. Every Montrealer was a Blackhawks fan in, in 2013. <laughs> um, and and now. Um, you know, they're back to the, this is their third cup final in nine years. Um, That's, that's all of a sudden Canadians fans. Sure. uh, We can point to the 24 Stanley, 24 Stanley cups, but we have our own drought going on and it's, it's been since 1993. Um, And now the Bruins, this is their, they've moved into the, um, the club that has 20 uh, uh, final appearances. Um, yeah, the the Bruins, uh, this was Sportsnet Stats, uh, tweeted this out this week. The NHL Bruins will become the fourth franchise to make 20 appearances in the Stanley Cup final. Canadians tops with 32, Red Wings 24, Leafs 21, and Bruins 20. Um, so something's happening here. Um, yeah. And and the Canadians, you know, I think it's time to, to, to pay attention. And um, as we were talking about uh, this and, and what it means, and, and um, I thought about an article that I wrote five years ago, and um, that was after the, the, the Chicago Blackhawks won. Um, and it, it was simply titled, What If the Boston Bruins Had Won the Stanley Cup? We'll put the link in the post for um, uh, for this podcast, uh, yeah. and it's worth a read. I know the article's five years old, and we talk about um, you know Lars Eller and David Darnay and um, <laughs> those kind of things. But but uh, the the philosophy, the approach of the team, uh, and a lot of the players are still the same. Um, and the Canadians are kind of relying on this uh, connection to the past. Um, and and that's what they've been selling for years. This emotional bond to the past, um, and and even this this season, um, you know, at the beginning of of uh, the season, when you when you want to hear your your head coach talk about, okay, this is the year we're going to win the Stanley Cup. It was Claude Julien that said, uh, you know what, we're in the entertainment business, <laughs> and sure, the Canadians entertained this season, and and if you ask. If you ask some some of the fans, you know, uh, was it a successful season? I'm sure that many of them would say yes, mainly because of the expectations. But the Canadians missed the, the playoffs. How can any year, especially three in of the past four, um, missing the playoffs? How can it be successful? Um, and I know that the, 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 there's a lot of enthusiasm. 
because the Canadians are going to add Nick Suzuki and Ryan Paling, and there's other um, uh, picks, uh, draft prospects coming to the attention coming up. But and that's all exciting. But but uh, I think fans have got it in their mind that 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 all the other teams will just be static. They'll they'll just they'll just stay the same, and will and the Canadians will get better. It yeah. doesn't work that way. It doesn't no. work that way. Um, yeah. And and you know how are the you look at you look at the the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. There's Tavares, Matthews, and Marner. Canadians don't have anyone who can touch those three. They don't have no. anyone in the same category as Tavares, Matthews, Marner. And the Leafs didn't make uh, the Stanley Cup Finals. So how are the Canadians going to do that? The Jets, mm-hmm. Shifley, Lina. Connor, how are, uh, and the Jets didn't make it. The Lightning, Stamkos, Kucherov, <laughs> Braden Point. How are the Canadians going to get there? Yes, they're going to get better, but this isn't a slam dunk. And no. with their with their biggest rival, um, in the in the Boston. Well, let's let's say you consider the Boston Bruins the biggest rival, in contention for the Stanley Cup again, and the Canadians haven't had a sniff. And with the Toronto Maple Leafs, um, you know, uh, with, with, with the, the talent they have, and look what they're doing uh, in the AHL. Um, the, as I said, they haven't lost a playoff game. So they've got talent coming up, too. Um, can the Canadians keep going on with this philosophy of we're going to entertain you? Or with this philosophy of of creating these emotional ties. And I guess, I guess for you, um, you being in a different generation than I am, I, I, you know, are you happy with this emotional hook that the Canadians are selling? When do, I guess the question I have is when do fans tire of, of creating a strong emotional bond with the past? When is it, when, when is it, when is it your turn? When is it our turn? You know, the fans have to ask. Well, as, as Dwight Schrute so eloquently put, nostalgia is truly one of the greatest human weaknesses, second only to the neck. So if the Montreal Canadiens are more concerned with what it would mean for Jonathan Drouin to be successful in this market, or what it would mean for uh, Claude Julien to bring a Stanley Cup to this market, then they are not concerning themselves with a larger question, which is, what are we going to have to do to get to the point where that becomes a possibility? And the thing that I go back to is that you are putting unnecessary limitations on yourself. If there is a, if there's a guy like John Tavares, like it's great if you want to have hometown guys come and play for your organization and you have Mitch Marner and you have John Tavares who are impact players. But when you are just going through this endless cycle, just trying to bring in, and you mentioned this in your article uh, that, that you mentioned off the top of, of Dan, Daniel Briere. And listen, I mean, no disrespect to Daniel Briere. And Daniel Briere actually scored a big goal in game seven against the Bruins a couple of years back in, in 2014 in the, in the Eastern Conference semifinals. But when you are attaching hopes and, and this idea that they can, you know, they can be a new generation's Lafleur or Carbona or whatever it is you want it to be, then then you're already losing because you are not looking at it realistically. And that's the part that emotions 
can can hinder your ability to see things clearly. And the Montreal Canadiens for a while now have not been able to see things clearly because they have had these these I, I don't know what you'd call it. I guess you could call it rose-colored glasses on looking at a guy like Jonathan Drouin and thinking that he could be a franchise player. And hell, we might get to a point where that could be something, but if we're at 24 years old right now for Jonathan Drouin and, you know, he's really hasn't shown much in his two years here and, and has been given every opportunity to show that, then you're not going to do anything. And it becomes frustrating when you mentioned how fans have this idea that the Montreal Canadiens are going to get better, everyone else is going to be about the same, and that's when the, the margin is going to, to close and, and tighten up a little bit for the Montreal Canadiens, that they can finally get to that point. But when you look at the Toronto Maple Leafs, their core is young. They have so many young guys that have yet to – you look at Jeremy Bracco, you look at Timothy Liljegren, those are guys Rasmus Sandin. Those are guys that, yes, they might be a couple years away from being impact players that can be secondary scoring pieces or secondary pieces in general, but they're on the way. So you can't look at the Montreal system and and say, oh, but we had a great look at the showing that those guys put on. They sold a show at the World Junior Hockey Championships and, and Nick Suzuki, Wayne Gretzky trophy for the playoff MVP of the OHL. You know, this this is the part of it that is it's it's frustrating to to see because you're clinging on to this idea of hope and you just have organizations within your own division that are running like a machine that are detaching emotional uh you know that that emotional pull that the Montreal Canadiens are are so invested in and you know you want to be attached to team guys you want to be attached to your to your star players but if you're only attached to them because they come from your from your home province, then that that's an issue because you're not seeing things from that perspective of, okay, who is the best player? Who is going to get us to this point? And you look at the Boston Bruins and 2011, 2013, right now, 2019, who has been their best player? Probably. You could, you could say that he's probably been their most impactful. Patrice Bergeron. He's, at, he's the straw that serves this drink. You can talk about Zdeno Chara. You can talk about the goaltending of Tim Thomas and now Tuka Rask and, and Brad Marchand. Oh, God, Brad Marchand. But the guy that serves this drink is Patrice Bergeron, and he's from Quebec. So Boston has created this environment of, okay, yes, it'd be great to have a hometown guy, but we want the best team guys. We want the best players. And it's easy to do that. I understand. It's easy to do that when it's Patrice Bergeron. But I, I think that this is a, a larger issue because the Montreal Canadiens will do anything to make it so, to make themselves believe that any guy could be, any guy from their home province, any guy from Quebec could be their impact player. But unfortunately, I don't think that that is the case. Uh, I'll never forget when... Um... Uh, Pierre Boivin, uh, the former president of the Montreal Canadiens, on his way out, he did a pretty extensive interview. And he was asked, you know, why, what's, what makes it so difficult uh, to bring a, uh, uh, a Stanley Cup uh, back to Montreal after having such a 
you know, a, 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 a successful run, 24 Stanley Cups. Why, why the drought? And he said, listen, um, we're handcuffed. Uh, we're handcuffed yeah. because we're, 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 we, we, we have to fish in the, the, the shallow end of the, the, uh, uh, the pool, uh, the pond. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, because of, of uh, we, we can't get the best coaches, we can't necessarily get the best players uh, because, um, you know, we, we have uh, our obligations and requirements to uh, French language and, 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 and we have these handcuffs on, we can't. And I, I just wanted to ask him, well, who placed them there? <laughs> if he as president had handcuffs, uh, you know, uh, they are self-imposed. And um, I understand, I understand this whole kind of appeal to the, to, to the culture and the identity of the past um, uh, and, and what the Canadians used to be. Um, and, uh, but at, at some point you're going to have to carve out a new identity in the new NHL, uh, and become winners again. And, and this team hasn't become, hasn't been a winner since 1993 and hasn't been close to being a winner. Um, and, and as you say, with this, you know, um, bringing in a, a, a Danny Briere, um, uh, bringing in a, 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 Jonathan Duran and trying to make him a, a superstar when, when he's just not, um, uh, you know, and at the same time, um, alienating, um, you know, how many players have left this team in a huff, whether, whether it's Markov or Pacioretty or, or Radulov and, and, um, and, and so much so that, that, you know, it's hard to uh, attract, um, you know, Jonathan Tavares didn't want to have anything to do with the Canadians. Uh, Paul Stastny didn't want to have anything to do with the Canadians. Hard to attract free agents. Um, yeah. And, and uh, you know, even with respect to coaching, Claude Julien, um, Boston was, was going nowhere. Um, and uh, his, his effort to slow the game down, uh, and as soon as Bruce, Bruce Cassidy was uh, was put in that role, the Bruins again had success. And the Canadians went out. And, and, and why did they get Claude Julien? Yes, he had a, a resume, but a resume that didn't fit with the Canadians' uh, personnel and didn't fit with the new type of NHL. Um, and, and we've seen that, that tempered somewhat by the influence of, of his assistant coaches this past year. Um, but when push came to shove, Julian was still there making some questionable personnel moves and, and having his finger uh, and going back to what, where he felt comfortable, which is certainly not where the NHL is right now. So um, in, in, a, in a game, uh, in a sport where, um, you know, things are so tight and, and the margin of error is, is uh, so close uh, for the Canadians to, to still, you know, want to um, experiment, um, uh, you know, in social engineering um, sport doesn't have room for that. And, and it's funny because um, I mentioned Jay uh, Baruchel, um, but there is a rather um, vocal, uh, minority of fans in Montreal 
who are Boston Bruins fans. And, and, and to be honest, I didn't believe it. I, I honestly <laughs> didn't believe it. Th- I, I, I did. I thought it was a myth. And I ran into this guy at Broussard um, a few years back. Uh, he worked for Eventco. Eventco is, is the Canadian's uh, entertainment arm. Uh, they do all the the setups for concerts and all this kind of, and this guy worked for, he, he was at Broussard, he worked for Eventco. Um, and um, got talking to, he was a Bruins fan. <laughs> like, how can you work for the Montreal Canadiens, you know, indirectly and be a Bruins fan? I, I you know, I, I didn't believe it. Well, this guy came out to one of our uh, hockey parties, one of our watch parties, and he came out in full Bruins regalia. I mean, he had a, he had the, the Cam Neely jersey. He had the hat. He had the whole deal. Um, and um, uh, I think it was Stu Cowan this week um, wrote an article about Boston Bruins fans for the Gazette, uh, Bruins fans. And he mentioned uh, Joey Elias. And Montrealers will know Joey Elias as kind of that uh, Montreal comedian. He's, he's in all the comedy clubs. Uh, and, and you'll hear him on uh, TSN 690. And um, Joey Elias, um, I, th- I think he, he said in the article that he was always um, kind of a, um, uh, the Bruins were second on his list to the Canadians. Um, but he referenced the incident, um, and, and I also wrote about it in, in uh, that article that we've been talking about. I talked about Randy yeah. Cunningworth. Uh, yeah. When... When uh, Jacques Martin was was ousted, the the Canadians did the um, the very hockey kind of thing. You you put in your experienced guy, um, you move him up, and he's a hockey guy. And and you know, um, Randy Cunningworth had tons of experience. Great coach, still is a great coach. Um, yeah. And the fan, well. The, the 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 radicals uh in in uh in Quebec and there was a very small number of them uh protested 75 protesters in front of the Bell Center saying they were going to boycott all Molson products and uh, right away um the Canadians caved Jeff Molson apologized uh for hiring um uh Randy Cunningworth the Canadians po- apologized uh, uh Gauthier apologized uh, and and now okay we apologize for for hiring you but now go finish uh coaching the rest of the season and and the the season was a disaster pk suban particular was terrible in the lot treated cunningworth like dirt because yeah. his coaching um credentials had been undermined all because he did he was a, a, a unilingual anglophone um and it's funny cuz joey elias in this this gazette article references that that moment uh about uh randy cunningworth and he said it was all about because he wasn't french here this is a, a quote uh i thought well the canadians care more about politics than they do about winning i use sports as an escape from the real world i think that's what most people do so why am i encouraging a team that brings politics into sports so i yeah. just went well i've always liked the bruins as my second team and I just went full throttle as a Bruins fan. Um, it, surprisingly, uh, surprising what this team, how, how fans have been frustrated by the Montreal Canadiens and, and 
and what the Canadians have driven some fans to. Yeah, and and that's the that was the one that got me in that article that you wrote. That and and it it just it feels like we're never going to get to a point, and that's part of the frustration is that they're never going to have the best candidate for the job. They're always going to have the best French candidate for the job. And if there's an overlap where the best candidate for the job is French, that's fine. But the Montreal Canadiens, as the president said, they're, they're, hand, they're handcuffed, and, and they're putting these limitations on what they can achieve because they need, as, uh, as you mentioned, there's, there's this need to satisfy that portion uh, that that will that just won't be happy with with an English or an Anglophone uh, coach so or or GM either one of the two so unfortunately it doesn't seem like that is going to change anytime soon and and if that remains the case then it's hard to imagine the Montreal Canadiens in the position that the Boston Bruins are, are currently in. Um, and what if so, what yeah. if the Boston Bruins win the Stanley Cup? What if the Toronto Maple Leafs? Uh, are next. Um, There, there has to be uh, a refocus of the Montreal Canadiens organization. And Jeff Molson has to, um, you know, be more concerned about winning a cup uh, than being uh, an entertaining team that is somewhat representative of the province they play in. And yeah, that Leafs, that Leafs part isn't uh, too far out of the realm of possibility either. So it could be a tough couple of years for the Montreal Canadiens and their fans. So hopefully there would be a change in philosophy as it pertains to, uh, to the need to have, uh, you know, to satisfy that portion of, of the fan base. But anyways, uh, will we move on to, uh, well, I guess we're not going to move on because the question of the week still concerns the Boston Bruins, but there is a little bit of, for the Montreal Canadiens as well. What do the Habs need? to beat the Bruins in a future seven-game playoff series. We're going to get to the answers of the question of the week after a quick break on uh, Twitter and, and, uh, and Facebook. And we're going to tell you a little bit about uh, an upcoming event that uh, the Rocket Sports team will, uh, will be attending. So we'll be right back after this. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites, Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked-out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends. Show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. 
In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us for further details and information regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. here on the Canadian Connection Podcast. In just a moment, we're going to get to the replies to the question of the week, which, once again, what do the Habs need to beat the Bruins in a future seven-game playoff series? The Bruins, of course, uh, now in the Stanley Cup final, which we've, we've talked enough about that. Rick, do we have anything else that we would like to talk about? A couple of things. Well, one thing um, I didn't mention in the news segment earlier, there was some good news that the Canadians tweeted out late last night um, that they are a, the Montreal Canadiens organization is a 2019 bronze winner of a Clio award. Um, mm-hmm. Now, <laughs> I didn't know what a Clio award was either, uh, to be honest, <laughs> uh, but it's kind of a, it's kind of an, a, a, advertising insider an industry award uh for um and 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 a video that they uh put out um and basically it was a a merry christmas message uh quite cleverly done i hadn't uh, honestly i hadn't i hadn't seen it i didn't see it uh at christmas time uh but i i watched it last night and basically it's it's one of those old uh tabletop hockey rod hockey uh games uh, with the metal players and the wooden puck. Uh, and the Canadians have superimposed um, faces of current Montreal Canadians saying oh. um, Merry Christmas on those, yeah. on those players. Uh, and, and, you know, the Finn players say it in, in, in Merry Christmas in Finn and the French players. It, it's, it's actually pretty well done. So um, yeah. check out, Late last night, check out the Canadians' uh, Twitter account, and it'll take you to this uh, uh, commercial. It's it's uh, cleverly done. Yeah, I think I remember seeing that actually. Now that you mention it, but I have to go back and watch it anyways. Make sure that I'm thinking of the right thing. <laughs> Did you know what a Clio Award was? I I didn't know. Not what a Award no, was. not at all. No, that was no. <laughs> <laughs> but what we do know is that the NHL draft is coming up uh, in the end of June in uh, beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia. And the Rocket Sports team, Rocket Sports uh, is, uh, is the um, company that I founded uh, many years ago and that, that, that publish, is the publisher of, of All Habs Hockey Magazine, of all of our podcasts, of uh, AHL.Report, um, Hockey Pub, a number of, of um, uh, successful websites that we have. And, and the Rocket Sports team uh, we've, has had a partnership with the NHL for uh, a number of years. Um, and uh, we, we were just informed that we have tickets, uh, reserved uh, tickets, um, not available to the public, to the uh, NHL entry draft in Vancouver. We first did this 10 years ago. 
2009 uh, in Montreal. Um, and so this is our 10th anniversary. Um, and we're doing it again. So the Rocket Sports team is going to be in uh, Vancouver. And we also have tickets for some of our listeners and some of our readers and, and some of our social media followers. Um, we have some tickets for, uh, for you. And you could potentially, uh, you have a chance to win these reserve tr- draft tickets. Now, um, you know, we don't have the mega bucks that, that the, uh, the CBC has or, or, uh, uh, Sportsnet or, and we can't fly you out there, but if you get there, uh, if you get to Vancouver, uh, you're going to have a, uh, reserve ticket. Um, yes, it, it's prime seating. That's usually yeah. amongst the, the draftees, uh, and we'll give you a hockey experience like you have never had before. And, uh, Joe, you can attest to this because uh, you and your dad joined us last last year in Dallas. It was, I mean, it, <laughs> and and I wrote afterwards. I wrote the, an article like just going through everything that happened and and just being at the draft is it's just an incredible experience. There's nothing quite like it. And and seeing looking out on that draft floor and seeing GMs opposing GMs speak to each other. It it is just like I said it was like where's Waldo but with like a thousand powerful hockey men that are just out there making deals and and and, and uh, getting ready to uh, make an 18 year old's dreams come true and it's just an event like no other as as Rick said so yeah it, and out in Vancouver as well as in Dallas last year uh, anytime in June anywhere in June is going to be nice but my goodness this uh, this is going to be something special so. Uh, yeah, it should be a, a great time over there in uh, in Vancouver this year. So I'll be there. Joe will be there. His dad will be there. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, Blaine will be there. Um, Blaine. Uh, yeah. Other members of our our rock, Amy Johnson, uh, uh, and other members of our team will will be there. Uh, we we'll, we want you to to, to join us, um, and we'll be announcing. Uh, watch on social media. Uh, we'll be announcing this week um, how you can earn a, a, an opportunity uh, by uh, um, um, entering our contest, and, and we'll, uh, um, we'll have more details about it on this podcast uh, next week as well. Um, there's, yes, it's, it's the kind of intimate hockey experience that you, you've never had, being close to, yeah. the, to the draft uh, floor, uh, seeing what goes on there. Uh, and everybody in hockey is there last last year. Quite a, a special uh, experience when I uh, spotted uh, uh, Guy Lapointe and I told him who we yeah. were and asked him to come over and and talk to us, uh, talk to our group, our Rocket Sports group, uh, who was uh, enjoying some beverages after the draft. And and Guy came over and and was very kind with his, very generous with his time and and. Uh, met everybody, shook everybody's hand. Your dad was, I think, uh, <laughs> especially uh, enthused about that moment. Yeah. Um, if you remember when we talked about our gr- uh, brushed with greatness segment back around the All Star break, that was the uh, that was where we met uh, as well Dale Hunter. That was the, uh, <laughs> the yep, story. That's right. Of uh, yeah. So it's you know that's just the thing, and and also. Uh, meeting uh, you and, and, and Amy and, and Blaine and all of the, the great contributors 
uh, with all Habs and, and the great, lovely contest winners that joined us there as well. In addition to hockey legends and, and just people that you've seen on television, you've seen, uh, whether it be Lou Lamorello, who just casually walked by, strolled by on his way to the draft, whoever it may be, you see just all of these people. It's it's an event like no other with, uh, with uh, you know, for, for the hockey world. So absolutely recommend that. And, uh, yeah, so it should be a good time. <laughs> Had a great conversation with Craig Ludwig last year, uh, which he was an interesting oh, yeah. character with the cowboy <laughs> boots. And, yeah, he was he was he was. Yeah, looked like he belonged in Dallas last year. Oh yeah, um, yeah. That was that was a lot of fun. So now our question of the week. Our yeah. question of the week being uh, the Canadians Connection question of the week. What do the Habs need to beat the Bruins in a future seven-game playoff series? Um, if you're listening on demand, text us five eight five three Rocket. That's five eight five three Rocket, and we've got some uh, replies already on social media yeah. and uh, why don't you tell us what's what's being said on Twitter well you got Blaine from uh, the Habs Unfiltered podcast a left-handed D and a scoring threat at forward and a team working as hard if not harder than they did last uh, this year um, you have Etienne Furland saying nothing that we don't already talk about an impact winger a legit top two left defenseman and a strong backup goaltender uh, Graham or excuse me Gasham <laughs> says uh, they need an executive that knows what it takes to get there, similar to the Bruins. Uh, you have Fed put at Malot 33 saying five more Brendan Gallagher, which, uh, yeah, that would that would do the trick. <laughs> uh, you have, uh, you know, you have uh, Sack the, okay, it's at Magneto 1959 saying five defensemen to help Weber and six players who can shoot. And uh, to round it out, you have uh, Chris G saying a hundred-point player would uh, would do the trick, and uh, I'm sure that would not go unappreciated. <laughs> What's Facebook saying? Well, I think Garth um, Garth Asham. Uh, I think he found us both on Twitter and Facebook. Ah. Uh, he searched for All Habs uh, on Facebook and found the uh, All Habs fan page. Because uh, Garth Asham says the Habs need a manager that knows what he's doing, similar to those winning organizations. I think that's what he yeah. similarly that's, said. Yeah. <laughs> um, we have uh, John Perry. We have Norman Legault. We have Rick Lamont. Um, they say, re- respectively, got to make the playoffs first. Norman, make the playoffs. Rick, first, how about making the playoffs? Um, so <laughs> uh, the formula is pretty simple from those three. Frank Russell, yeah. the Habs don't have a problem beating the Bruins. They have a problem making the playoffs. Um, more specifically, Rodney Barrett says they need a power play, kick-started by a new left defenseman and top six forward. Um, Ron Kaukler says uh, they have to make the playoffs. Um, uh, Mark Ontan Rolay says actually make the playoffs. Mama Bear Lamoureux says, uh, make the playoffs. Wow. Okay. Um, Josh Friday says, hey, how about making the playoffs? I think there's kind of a um, yeah. Yeah, common, common thread here. Um, and finally, Michael McDonald says uh, they need Sidney Crosby. All yeah, right? that would be nice. <laughs> 
That, that so, wouldn't uh, go. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so we got all kinds of, and, and uh, same with the, you mentioned it, our, our question uh, of the week last week was about PK Subban. We got just avalanche of responses. Uh, yeah. And uh, similarly this week, uh, when we're asking about the Bruins, uh, getting all kinds of, of uh, uh, interactions, but there's room for yours too. So find us on social media uh, or, uh, as I said, text us at 585 rocket Yeah, we love to hear and, and, and get responses to the question of the week. So keep those coming in, whether it be uh, through Facebook, through Twitter, or as Rick mentioned, uh, through text. Uh, yes, keep those replies coming in because uh, we want to know what you think what the Montreal Canadiens will need to, uh, I guess, a part of this question is also what to do to make the playoff, because <laughs> that seems to be the road that some have taken with us. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, what do the Canadians need to beat the Boston Bruins in a future seven-game series slash make the playoffs in general, which uh, is the way that most have, I think, interpreted this question. But, uh, anyways, I guess that'll just about wrap this thing up for another week. Uh, is there anything you'd like to say before we uh, before we wrap this up, Rick? Well, I want to say happy Victoria Day. Happy May Long yeah. weekend. Um, have a great time. Enjoy yourself. But please stay safe. Uh, yeah. Please. Uh, yeah. Uh, especially if you're you're on the roadways. Um, and because uh, we want to, you to be here again next week. Uh, in the meantime, um, I think you should go to uh, allhabs.net because um, every day we've got brand new, uh, fresh content. Um, and uh, I mentioned that upcoming, there's going to be, from Kate Racher, there's going to be uh, a review of Jay Baruchel's book. Um, we're going to have a post out about how you can win um, those tickets to the uh, 2009 entry draft. Um, also, you'll be noticing um, quite a few draft profiles uh, both yeah. <laughs> Blaine and uh, Matt Smith. Matt Smith is is uh, uh, stationed right now in Kuwait, but he's still writing articles um, for us uh, and uh, sharing his his uh, comments on on uh, uh, potential draftees. So there's there's all kinds of of uh, draft profiles out there that that you don't want to miss. Uh, and you don't want to miss our podcast either. Um, and uh, that's uh, from the press box, uh, which is still going uh, strong, covering the Calder Cup and all prospects um, uh, with uh, Amy and myself. Um, there's uh, 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 Have a Listen with Lewis and Gibby. There's Habs Unfiltered with Matt, Blaine, and Treg. Um, you can listen to all of those uh, at allhabs.net. If you're on the go um busy as you are in the summer you can uh and and the victoria long weekend is a is a great time to yeah. catch up on all your podcasts so if you're uh, <laughs> on the run where can we find these podcasts um mobily well you can uh, listen to every episode with uh that be canadians connection from the press box have a listen and has unfiltered on all your favorite podcast platforms including itunes overcast spotify Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Rocket Sports Radio. Hit that subscribe button. You get uh, all four of uh, the lovely Rocket Sports Radio podcasts. And uh, as Rick mentioned, a great time to uh, sit back and uh, and uh, enjoy some podcasting and just relax a little while. 
and uh, listen to some hockey talk. That's for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess that'll do it for another week of the Canadians Connection podcast. I'd like to thank you uh, for tuning in. And uh, as Rick mentioned, we've got some great content that's coming out of allhabs.net uh, with uh, the, the very appreciated uh, draft profiles that are getting just as a primer for the uh, NHL entry draft and uh, very good content that's coming out from all Habs as well as the, uh, the podcast as well to keep going as Rick mentioned. So keep uh, stay tuned for those. We'll be back with you this time next week. That'll be at 1 PM Eastern 2:30 Newfoundland time. Have a great uh, long weekend and we will be right back with you next weekend. Thank you for tuning in to the Canadians connection. For the latest news on the Montreal Canadiens, follow us on Twitter at Habs Connection and visit allhabs.net.